Hello, beautiful. Welcome to Stepping into the Light with Julia Treat. That's me, your host for today's podcast. I know it's been a minute since I recorded something and my voice is a little, I don't know, it sounds a little deeper to me, a little rougher. I have just returned home from three of the craziest weeks of my entire life, uh, returned home from Kansas. And I'm going to share everything that happened, you know, while I was in Kansas and tie it all into, you know, the topic for today, which is what everybody's missing. And maybe not everyone, but a lot of people are missing in this ascension process. So I spoke on my last podcast of how I was, um, I believe, I didn't re-listen to it. (laughs) And a lot has happened since I recorded it. But my younger brother Jeremy passed. And I was headed to Kansas to help my parents, you know, move through it, get through it. Booked my ticket to get home. You know, was just a few days away from leaving, and uh, my dad ended up in the hospital. He was having massive hallucinations. Um, my dad's been fighting Parkinson's for a long time, and just the past year or so has really declined. So whether his hallucinations were due to all of the meds he was on, or who knows why, uh, he went to the hospital to get blood tests done just to see if there was any infections, anything going on. And by the time I arrived, he was severely dehydrated, uh, horrible shape, and I was begging the nurses to give him an IV, which they refused. Basically, they were just letting my dad die. So, um, you know, my dad was begging me to get him out of there, and of course I was getting him out of there. You know, it's funny, doing what I do, I see things, I know, like I knew all this was going to happen. I knew it. I just didn't know when, and I didn't know what happened so close to one another. You know, my brother passing three weeks, I don't even know what it was at that point, two weeks before that. So I finally got my dad out of there. He came out in hospice, but we got him home, and we were fortunate enough that we could get him round-the-clock aides to stay with him, you know, in his own bed, in his apartment, Uh, So he was never alone, and they treat him with such dignity. I mean, and the hospice nurses, wow. If you ever have a chance to work with St. Croix in Lawrence, Kansas, those nurses are angels. Um, You know, I want to point out in this ascension process, and those of us that are awake and we understand what's happening, um, we really do have to find our way through a lot of anger, frustration, um, grief, because this is all part of the process. Everything that we go through, you know, as I've been reflecting, everything that happened to me, because by the way, my dad passing, which he did pass, that is not even the end of it, of those three weeks. Um, But my dad passed the day before my brother's service. And, you know, I had been telling him, like, it's, go dad it go it's time to go because he was suffering so much and you know at at the end of life on hospice it really is about comfort care thank thank god for that you know if that's what we have to do uh, so that he was just pretty much sleeping the whole time but i went for a walk one day i was really missing nature you know in in northeast pa i live in the mountains uh, well near the mountains my home backs up to a river my yard is just trees and birds and ducks and 
and chipmunks and squirrels. It's just critters. So I was missing that, and I really needed to just get out into fresh air. I was in a hotel room for three weeks. Hotel room or else in my, my parents' apartment, you know, helping my parents and then helping my mom. Um, so there was a nearby park. It's called Clinton Lake. You know, I lived in Lawrence for a few years when I got my master's degree in speech-language pathology, and I never walked at Clinton Lake. I, didn't, I really wasn't into the whole nature thing as much then. So I took a walk and, you know, was really connecting, not just with my brother, by the way. I, 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 you know, I do that for other people, but I can also connect and just say, show me what's going on. You know, what are you doing? Now, our loved ones are going to show us the things that make sense to us, things that they loved, right, that they're doing, that they're able to do, and that they're free. It's always that they are free and they're doing what they loved. My brother's always golfing. <laughs> when I connect with him, he did love to golf. So when I was walking, I was like, you know, my dad is still... You know, his body's still in that bed, but I'm connecting with him, showing me the, the higher perspective and getting that sense of peace and knowing he's already with my brother. You know, this body just has to shut down. It's that body-soul disconnect that has to happen. And the body will try to hang on to that. I learned so much from my father's passing, you know, watching him in hospice for a week. I can, I can hear my breathing. Guys, I feel fine. <laughs> I don't know why my breathing sounds funny. I can hear it in my ears when I breathe in. But on this walk, you know, I just found this trail and started walking and I started connecting with my dad and, um, you know, there was this blue jay that kept showing up everywhere. And then I just started finding heart rocks and I started taking pictures because, you know, I find heart rocks everywhere. And so I'm already receiving that reassurance you know, that, that everything's beautiful, everything's happening perfectly. Which is another thing I understood from these three weeks that I was there, that everything was orchestrated. Although it was difficult to go through, everything was orchestrated to be as easy as possible. You know, my, my brother's service being completely taken care of, um, just all I need to do is show up, right? Uh, my, my father getting ill, but then having this round-the-clock care that they were, so we had hospice nurses checking on him occasionally, you know, daily, but then we had this round-the-clock aides that's, that treated with him with so much respect and love, and, you know, they just knew him from that, I'm trying to think if it was a week or 10 days, I lost track of time. It's like I went in some kind of time capsule <laughs> in Kansas. By the way, the next thing that happened was an absolute miracle. And I'm going to talk about that. You know, I don't know. Someone said, oh, there's your three that, you know, things come in threes. Well, okay. My brother passed. My dad passed. The next thing happened, which was very traumatic, but it turned out to be one of the most beautiful miracles. And I'm going to tell you about that in a second. As I'm sharing, oh, so anyway, I was walking in this forest, finding the heart rocks. I, I realized, I thought this was a circle trail. Just went in a circle and ended up back at, at my car. And I, <laughs> that is not what happened. I walked for about an hour and 45 minutes. And I'm starting to get a little tired because I haven't like had a, a, you know, a walk like that in quite a while. I finally come up to what, you know, looks like a clearing coming up at the end of the trail. And um, I walk up, come into the clearing, and it is a road. A road, a paved road in the middle of nowhere. I don't even know which direction to go. <laughs> so 
I start walking one way, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know if this is right. So I turn around and start walking the other way. I'm literally in the middle of a road, just going back and forth. <laughs> Finally, this truck uh, comes pulling up. I wave him down, and I said, could you, I said, could you just tell me which direction the parking lot is? And uh, he said, well, which parking lot? I go, there's more than one? Like, I don't know. I don't even know where I am. I'm not from here. I'm lost. He says, come on, I work here. Uh, let's, I'll drive you around to different parking lots. Let's see if you can, you know, we'll find it. So he drives me around to a couple of parking lots nearby. That's not it. He says, well, the only thing I can think is maybe it's the parking lot over by the Corps of Engineer. And I said, oh, I remember seeing that sign when I pulled in. So we drove to that parking lot. Now he told me, he said, this would have taken you another 45 minutes just walking on this road to get here. <laughs> So I thanked him immensely. I said, you are my angel today. Thank you so much. And so that was my, my guardian angel that day, taking me to my car so I could then return to the duties, all the things that I needed to do. Because, you know, we have been working on moving my parents to a new facility. My dad uh, has been in assisted living. My mom was going to go into an independent apartment in this new facility, and my dad was going to go in the nursing home. I got my wish, by the way. Okay, the universe hears us. God hears us. My wish is that my dad never ended up in a nursing home. We were getting ready to put him in because we didn't have another choice. No other options at this time. My dad passed right before they were getting to move in. So I got my wish. Because that's just, I've worked in them. I just, one thing I did not ever want either of my parents to go in a nursing home. So again, the things that might be difficult to go through are actually some of the miracles happening. So we ended up moving my mom. So here's another blessing. Entire family's there. All the grandchildren are there. My four nephews, everyone, we all pitch in and we all get my mother moved into her new facility, into her new apartment in a day. So another blessing because we were all there at the same time. Everything was orchestrated to be so easy. My father just wanted a natural, it's called um, immediate burial. He didn't want any balming. He didn't want, you know, they didn't believe in any of that stuff. Um, I guess, I didn't know that, but they didn't want any of that stuff put in them. And um, w even when they were lowering my, my father into the ground, you know, his body in this pine box, it was a beautiful plain box. It was a natural park where he's buried. You can't have any you know, they can't even be embalmed to be buried there. Everything has to be um, biodegradable, I guess that's the word. But as they're lowering him into the ground, I'm going into the space of let me see what you're doing right now. And I'm seeing this, this you know, him actually standing on the sideline, just this favorite hat he had. He had this black leather hat. And he had that on and he was just standing there with all of our dogs that we had. There were several right beside him. He's watching Jeremy golf, which never happened, you know, when they were both alive, they didn't, here in this physical world, he didn't go watch Jeremy golf, but he's watching him in the space there. And that brought me such peace. So I'm not sad at this box going into the ground because that is not my father. That was his costume, his meat suit, the thing that he wore uh, this time around. So the next thing that happened, and by the way, the title of this podcast has to do with what everyone's missing, okay? Many of us have seen or felt or know 
what's coming, this beautiful earth, this beautiful existence. And what everyone's missing, I believe, is that there are steps to get there. This isn't a make a wish and then it just happens. And I I run into this with my coaching clients sometimes. They, you know, I work with them each week and and they get these visions or these feelings or these knowings, right, that this is it and yeah, that's going to happen and this is what I'm manifesting. And then if it doesn't manifest within a week or a month or six months or whatever, but other things come that they have to work through, then they just give up. And I, some of them, not all of them, but some just go, this is bullshit. Or <laughs> they don't really word it like that. But why hasn't it happened yet? Why hasn't this manifested for me? Why haven't I met this person that I know I've connected with and I feel her or him? Why haven't they shown up yet? And it's like, because you're not ready yet. Right? You're, you're healing things. You're working through things, getting ready for that relationship. Maybe they're working on things at the same time until that's the perfect union. And so the same is with this ascension process and all of us rising, humanity rising, that we have steps to take. Okay, if you're just sitting back and hoping and praying for something, you're missing the boat. There's things that you have to do. I know so many people, you know, it's not a secret anymore. I am absolutely against any vaccinations at this point. (laughs) <laughs> you do whatever the hell you want to. Nothing's going in my body. Nothing's going in my dog's bodies. And Michael's the same way. We've done the research. Nothing right now is going to get into us from any big pharma company. Now, things are going to shift. I do believe that. And that may change. But right now, hell no. But I know people who are against it, but then also have shunned all family members who have ever gotten any vaccinations. Now, I'm not saying that's what happened with my brother or uh, my father or the next person I'm going to talk about where the miracle occurred. But I could never shun anyone anyway for any reason. These are people I love. And if they need me, I'm going to go help them. Even if I feel they may have made a decision that may have been part of their demise. Whether that's getting the shot, you know, drinking excessively, uh, doing the wrong, whatever. I'm still... I am still part of them. And we have to have compassion for others. Okay, yeah, I have, I, uh, have been very vocal about these shots. Um, and because I, I had already been shown what they were going to do to people. And then we start experiencing it. We start seeing it. And I'm like, oh, shit. It's happening. And so we... You know, we are asking from help, for help from universe, from God, from creator, from galactics, from the archangels. We're asking for help, right? And they have compassion for us. They're helping us. They're showing us the way. They're helping us feel empowered. But that's what this ascension process is about, getting into empowerment. So it's just like me showing compassion for my family and friends who are going through their own shit storm, and I'm there for them right? We expect compassion. We must show compassion. So that's going to lead me into the third thing that happened. Well, this is three weeks time, okay, that all this happened. My brother passes. I fly there to help my parents. My dad ends at the hospital. He passes the day before my, my brother's service. My best friend from high school, 
she's coming to support me. She wants to come. And we haven't seen each other in 15 years. And I do have several people from our uh, hometown that listen to this, and which blows me away. It's just kind of strange. It's strange <laughs> because my dad was the minister there, and now I'm here doing this kind of work, and they're, it's just bizarre. But so, so those of you that are from uh, that hometown, you will know the name. It was uh, my friend Robin Blake, my best friend since high school. She's actually the only one I've stayed in contact with. You know, we've stayed in contact constantly for the entire time since I moved away. So she's coming to um, support me, but she can't get off work to be at my brother's service. And I was like, that's fine. Don't worry about that. So she comes the next day. So she comes on a Saturday. I'm getting ready to fly out Monday, okay? So she's coming on Saturday, and she's going to leave on Monday as well. She gets there. Um, we actually happen to have a, um, what is it called, a barbershop quartet convention at our hotel. Let me tell you what, that is a lot of fun. <laughs> so we spent the whole night, that night together, you know, having some cocktails. We went around, all kinds of groups were singing to us. We were videotaping people. It was, we had a blast. And every time we talk or meet, it's like we've never been apart. That We are just so connected in our hearts. The next day, we get up, we meet for breakfast. And by the way, that night before, that Saturday night, she said it's the, it's the, the most relaxed she's ever felt in a very long time. I said, see what happens when you get out of there, for just out of your element. Just try something new, right? Leave that town for a little bit and see what happens. So we eat breakfast. I'm finishing up, like, moving my mom, just some little things here and there I have to do in her old apartment, my dad's old apartment, you know, scheduling the, the haulers to come get stuff that we don't want to move. And I said, look, and she said, you know, I'd love to help you. I said, okay, well, I'm going to go shower and then you do whatever you got to do and we'll meet back and we'll go and we'll just get this done real quick. All right. So I go shower, I come back out into the lobby and I don't even remember what I was saying to the front desk. Maybe I was asking to clean my room or something. But I um, started walking out the doors, and she's coming in. And she's like, I could just see she looks different. She's like, Julia, something's not right. I don't, something's not right. I, don't, I have this pain in my chest, and um, something's not right with me. She said, I need some baby aspirin. So we go to the, the front desk. I'm like, do you have any baby aspirin anywhere? I'm like, no. Now she's starting to feel worse. I will just say, too, that Robin is an RN. She's a registered nurse, thankfully, <laughs> because she could recognize what was happening we get to my car. Um, I said, all right, we're going to go buy baby aspirin. And she just says, I'm going to be sick. I had a trash bag in my car from moving my mom. Every bit is orchestrated, even the trash bag being there when we needed it. Okay, this is being in the flow. <laughs> even through these crazy stories and what happened, this is being in the flow. I'm in the flow. Okay, it doesn't mean that difficult things aren't happening that I have to experience. I'm still in the flow. It's happening for me, and I have all this help to help me get through it. So she starts throwing up in the car, in this bag, project, I mean, it's, and she starts shaking. I've never seen anyone shake like this. And she says, Jill, I'm, I think maybe I'm having a heart attack. And I said, all I said was, Robin, what would you tell a patient to do? She said, I'd tell him to go to the ER. I said, that's where we're going. Our hotel was four minutes from the hospital. Now, I'm not going to lie. It was tough to pull in that parking lot because I felt they just killed my dad the week before. 
okay? I just really, that was tough, but took Robin in. Um, how stupid is this? Someone's literally saying I'm having a heart attack. She has to walk through a metal detector. I, I just was so pissed. She walks through. I run out, park the car right there, and run back in. And she is at the desk. The girl is trying to get her date of birth. She, Robin, I am seeing, I've never seen fear like this in my life in someone's face, okay? she got two sons. She says, kept saying, I'm not leaving my boys. I'm not leaving my boys. I can't leave my boys. She knows she's having a cardiac something. This girl is on the phone. Robin is, is just, it's just getting so bad. I start screaming. I screamed, someone come get her. She's having a heart attack. I am screaming at the top of my lungs. <laughs> That's all it took. Two nurses busted through the door, grabbed her, took her in another door right there, hooked her up, all these leads on her body, and said, yep, she is. I start, I got chills right now. <laughs> so I'm in my mind. I'm screaming at the nurses to do something. In my mind, I'm screaming at Archangel Michael and say, you will reverse everything. This is not, she is not dying today. You know, you are going to fix this. You're going to fix her. Archangel Michael, I was like, I was, you know, commanding him. Well, Robin got her miracle. She had a uh, artery that was blocked 99.9% by a blood clot. There's a lot of that going on now. There was an epidemic of blood clots now after the jabs. Because she was an RN and understood what she was going through, and because we were four minutes from the hospital, they said that is what saved her life. Everything was orchestrated. So moving through this ascension process, all of us, right, there are steps. This is when we're supposed to be learning. I feel the most. We are supposed to be waking up to the truth, learning what that truth is, learning who we truly are, understanding how we have been duped, how we have been dumbed down, finding your way back into that, into that, I don't know why I want to say like spiritual intelligence. Okay, we are so gifted. We are, we are created from God, from source, right? And <laughs> looking back at everything, by the way, Robin, yeah, she made it. She made it. And um, her, her brother and her two sons drove, this is six hours away that she, she drove six hours to come see me. They came and, and got her, and uh, I got to see them. I haven't seen them, her one son, since he was three years old. Um, he's 18 now, and his, her other son is 30-something, and her brother. So we all got to talk, and, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a miracle, and it was a beautiful way to, way to end those, those three weeks, which, I, I <laughs> you know, she and I go so far back that we can joke like this. I mean, maybe you have a friend that you can joke like this with. But we were sitting there in the hospital, and, um, you know, her nurses were there in ICU. And I said, they were in the room, and I said, you know, she came to support me, right, as I was going through stuff. And I said, I told her, you really suck at it. <laughs> and we all just started laughing. In fact, Robin and I laughed so hard after, you know, after she got the stint and after all this happened, and she's on the other side of this. We laughed so hard that it actually hurt her chest. <laughs> and I was like, stop it. Maybe you're not supposed to be laughing at this point. I don't even know. But we have steps to go through. 
Okay, so if you feel like you're paralyzed in life, you're not doing anything, or you're sitting back and waiting and praying and hoping and wishing, uh, you're missing the boat. I really do feel like you're missing the boat. It's about you taking steps towards what it is that you want to create, right? Collectively, we all need to be envisioning. I just envision everyone happy and healthy and beautiful and, and joy-filled. Okay, well, my brother and my dad are doing that on the other side, right? Right now, it happened for Robin. She had this joy-filled moment. She gets, and <laughs> it's emotional, believe me. Uh, I watched her go on this emotional roller coaster, probably still on it, you know, when you are at that moment in life where it could have gone the other way. I am just envisioning everyone like that as I take the steps, as I put things in place. You know, for Speranza, I am still working on Speranza, the uh, retreats for the kids. I have lots of other things that have popped up in the meantime, ideas of what it will really be all about. Um, and so I'm putting things in place. I'm getting the financial things in place. I'm hooking up with the humanitarians that see this vision for Earth. You know, the children, it's all about the children. So I'm making those connections. And while that's happening, I'm helping my loved ones with whatever it is they need, even if it means it's, I'm helping them through their last moments. So I hope this inspires you in some way, <laughs> whatever way that is, to get, you know, get back into the game. I don't mean, you know, the old normal. That's never, we're never going to have that again. Thank God, right? It was our comfort zone. I tell everyone, I'm always like, you know, you got to get out of your comfort zone because the comfort zone doesn't mean you're happy. It just means you're comfortable because you know what to expect, right? And you really aren't growing spiritually just hanging out in your comfort zone. The last month, you know, me being there for three weeks and a day, I had extended a day because of Robin's thing. And I always laugh, I'm like, three weeks and a day. I feel like I tapped into that warrior, that warrior spirit that has been here so many times before in past lives, trying to help others you know, in any way possible. I tapped back into her. In fact, at the end, I said, damn, I think I'm Wonder Woman <laughs> because <laughs> everything that I was hit with, yes, I would cry. I cry. I, I don't think I've cried that much in, in maybe in my life, but I would get the emotion out because it has to come out. And then I would get centered and say, okay, I've got to get connected to God and source again because connection with source to God and having that true connection I am not looking for it outside of me, right? So I'm, I'm not looking it from, from my father who's passing, right? So I'm not feeling as devastated. He's leaving a body that didn't serve him anymore. He was suffering, okay? So getting that connection back with God and source and grief and anger, I realized, okay, this is, I'm grieving this. I freaked out, believe me, with Robin, <laughs> Once I got her in there, I stood in the hallway and, and did a little panic cry. I did for a few seconds. And then I said, okay, that's it. Fuck that. I am not giving that energy. I am not envisioning anything but her beautiful healing process that this is a miracle. And boom. Plus, you know, yelling at Archangel Michael to, to do it, get, get it done. 
We have a team that loves us. We have a team that helps us. We must call on them and we must be part of the team. Play our part. Okay. We can't save everyone. Right. I think I, we, we finally need to lean into that. Not everyone is going into this, this new existence on earth right now. I feel that they will come back and that they will see and feel and experience everything that we have really dug in deep to be here and create. All right, so if you've leaned into that give up spirit or, or whatever the case may be, just throw it out the fucking window. We don't have time for that, okay? Tap into, you know, ask, help me. You know, talk to yourself, your higher self. Help me tap into that warrior spirit. I know I've been that before. I've seen, I've seen at least I, 19 of my lifetimes by now. I am always the warrior, it doesn't mean I'm on the front line with a, a spear. I am always the warrior for humanity and for children. So I wanted to touch base. I wanted to check in. I wanted to share this because I hope it inspires you somehow. Some part of this talk inspires you somehow. And if I ever disappear for that period of time again, just know it's because I'm going through something myself that I need to give my 100% attention to, right? I had to take those three weeks and a day <laughs> and I had to focus on my family and friends and I had to get a lot of stuff done. If you feel like you need a, a nudge or a push or you want a reading of any kind, just shoot me an email. I'm keeping things simple now. I don't want a big platform. I don't need it. Um, just email me. I'll get you booked. My email is juliatreat444 at gmail.com. Maybe you want to do a past life regression. We can do that remotely online. And you can tap into that warrior spirit. Or maybe you need to... Go understand uh, why you can't leave a relationship now or why you can't get a relationship now or maybe even see or understand who you truly are, the powers that you hold. Just shoot me an email. I get you booked. But please know that I am sending so much love your way. We are in this together and we are standing strong. My heart is connected to yours always. The light in me sees the light in you and it is divine. God bless and namaste.